Ooh yeah! Shave my kneecaps and light a candle. This is Eric Adams coming in with the Musings of Men podcast. I'm here with my amigo Andy. What up? Not too much, Eric. What's going on? Oh, nothing much, dude. I've been good. I've been stoked, dude. We're here in your basement today. Yep. It's a dank setup in here, dude. I love it. Is. It. It's a fun little space. Yeah. We got a uh, record player, you know, hooked up with some... Yeah. Some, uh, some animals playing. Yeah, man. did playing. Yeah, we were just listening to it. And I just... I'll tell you, dude. I dig vinyl. I do. It's it's a slowed down um, it's a slowed down way of listening to music. And to anyone listening who does listen to vinyl, they'll know that it like it adds a lot of character to music because you don't really get that with CDs. You don't really hear the cackle, you know. Yeah. And the kind of the feeling of like holding a record sleeve and be able to like look at it and hold it and like realize, especially like the older ones, realize who this might have passed through. Right. Because it's... seems like there's just, like, a lot of history when you hold a vinyl. In my eyes, anyway. No, definitely. You yeah. introduced me to vinyl. I don't have any of the, any of the get-up yet, but, like... Yeah. I highly recommend it. Though. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I love the, you know, the crackle of, like... Because it just... It adds character, you know? Oh, yeah. and, and you can get them pretty... Ch- like, granted, they'll be a little scratched up, but you can get them for, like five six bucks like originals yeah that are pretty rough but it's like you're not really there for like the sleeve art you're there for the sound there's something about having that physical yeah. you know disc you'd be like dude like i got it you got it you know yeah. like it's it's there and, and granted spotify like using spotify to listen to music is it's nice. easy it's easy but it's like okay you put on you know you hook it up to your speaker and that's it yeah with vinyl it's like a whole experience but I don't know. I'm not trying to sound like a hipster. Oh no, definitely. Dude. Like, I'm, I, and I'm not going to say I like it sounds. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to say it sounds better either. I think when people say that, they more reference like the way it sounds, right? No, I, I do. Quality. I do like how it sounds though. It, it is like it is. It's just a cool. Like I mean, like, seeing you in a record store, dude. It's really my hilarious. Na- my natural habitat. It's awesome, dude. Because yeah. you're just like, dude. I found this like amazing yeah. thing, you know. I'm like. And I was, like, able to talk to the guy behind the counter. And we were, like, talking to him. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I liked is, you know, because not trying to sound like a wannabe boomer, but it's, like, talking to people that know that much about, like, Bob Dylan and... Your favorites. Yeah, like, some yeah. of my favorite artists from back then. I mean, it's, like, it's just, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know... Definitely. It's, uh, it's a unique experience. Yeah. But anyway, what is our topic today, Eric? Um, dude, today we're going to dive into the kind of the genius and like the life of Brian Wilson, who yeah. is arguably the best. Arguably. I would, I would say he's the greatest musician on earth. I would say. In his respective music, I, I don't know, dude. I really, when you listen to his sounds, he was the only one back in the sixties to, you know, successfully do a classical pop sound, you know? You listen yeah. to Pet Sounds. Yeah, I, listen, I did. And, and that, you could, because it had the classical roots, you know? It, but it also had pop. The, you new, know? It was like the new sound of... Just the sounds that Brian Wilson was creating were yep. just so unique and so new, you know? Yeah. Some of them were... He was an innovator. Yeah, I mean... For sure. But so for y'all who don't know out there, um, for you uncultured swine, um, Brian Wilson is the 
the leader of the band, the Beach Boys. Um, and I actually grew up on their music my whole life. Um, you know, I, this, it's the first band I remember listening to. And it's the, it's just, it's always been in my life. It's always been a big part of my life. And I have a lot of memories attached to their music. And, it, you know, and even today, I just love exploring, you know, the stuff I didn't explore when I was younger, all the, you know, crazy albums with the, you know, the unique sounds and stuff. And yeah, it just, it reminds me of my childhood and it reminds me of, it's nostalgic. you know, the, it's very nostalgic and I love it. I dig it every everyone, day. Everyone has nostalgia yeah. with the Beach Boys, whether yeah. you listen to one song or, you li- or you're a diehard fan. Yeah. It's really universal and when you listen to them because you always have some sort of memory attached to at least one song oh yeah it's it's amazing it is it is i mean it's you know you can really tell with any of the bands from back then but especially the beach boys they just have a lot of just hits yeah it was the soundtrack of my childhood man it really was and um so he's born in it was 1942 right yeah no it wasn't 42 it was like 48 or so no, forty two seems a little. Well, actually, it seems no, he was like he was in his twenties, early twenties, and that's early. Yeah, that 20, would make sense. Yeah. Let's see. Yep, forty two, June 20, 42. Yep. That more than I did. In and he is still kicking. Inglewood, California. Yep, Bam. Cali, dude. Yeah, no. Funny thing about the band was like Dennis was the only surfer. surfer. Dennis, in yeah. The band. The so drummer. the Beach Boys band consisted of. Brian and his brother Dennis, their friend Mike Love. Mike Love, yeah. And um, actually, him and Brian didn't. Really, they didn't get along. They didn't see eye to eye. And then their um, high school friend and first cousin, who I'm forgetting the name, forgive me. Um, I actually have it written down somewhere. Uh, somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, and he, um, they started out with their first album, which was in 63. It was in 63. It was called. Surf and Safari, I believe. Yep. And that was... Let's see. I'm going back to Spotify to... And that was defined more as like surfer rock, which was yeah. prevalent in... The, I mean, it it was prevalent in the early 60s along with... It, it was prevalent only really in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty... It was, the, it was the vibe of the time. It yeah. was... Oh, well, yeah, it was. But it was also very... Um, what's the word... Like it was what? very like. It was only popular with like with a certain coast, group of people. with a certain group of people, especially like, like Californians. It was you know, a, and like it beach, was, like beach bums. It was you know? beach, yeah. It yeah. Was, it was so very Surf popular. and Safari released in '62. Six, okay, '62 was um, kind of their introduction. You know, they yeah. actually did a lot of covers on that album, like Summertime Blues. Yeah, you know, Eddie and, Cochran and yeah, 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 and um. It was kind of their intro. I feel one of their, you know, one of the greatest albums, in my opinion, was uh, the album Surfer Girl. Which, honestly, if I could choose one song to like, kind of define my life, it would be the song Surfer Girl. Surfer Girl. Just because I have so many memories attached to that song. Yeah. I listened to it on repeat for like months on end, dude. Oh wow. When I was younger, dude, like. I mean, there's just something about it that just brings back a nostalgia, you know. And I think it's really, really sick. So there's that, and then there are a couple other good ones on that album, you know, Surfer Moon and, like, Our Car Club, you know, Catch a Wave, dude. And um, so... Hot Rod Music. Hot Rod Music. They have uh, Little Deuce Coop and Shut Shut Down, which are, like, their hot rod 
albums, which were released in 64 and 63. Um, this is going to sound like an episode for like music nerds, dude. <laughs> if that's what people tune into, that's what they tune into. Yeah, I dude. Mean, we're a variety uh, show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know? We, um, we, we, we like reach to. out to all. For sure, dude. Or try to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just one way of putting it. For sure. Um, so, Brian Wilson, what, what are your, what do you think so of him? So, Brian Wilson, what I will say about him as a musician is he had the foresight to know what people wanted. He knew what he was doing was very... Unconventional. Unconventional, but very much a pioneer at that time. And he knew how to... He knew how to be experimental without going off the walls crazy. Although some of his music was actually scary. Some of it was, but not all of it. Like the popular... like. The popular experimental stuff mm-hmm. was... He was very experimental with his style. Oh, very much so. He yeah. goes from surfer rock yeah. to more pop. Based. As as the 60s progressed, as like it became the later 60s, he Late. definitely became more of his own yeah. artist. And he, you know, because the thing with him was he felt like the Beach Boys were not... The beach they didn't anymore. they didn't you know they were changing and he was changing he was yeah. you know having a lot of this stuff going on with him that and he wanted to ex- express what was in his head he i found i've always found that he was very good at getting you to get inside of his, his head, head and hear exactly, exactly what he yeah. was hearing yeah. and some of the stuff dude like you wouldn't you wouldn't even think it was him. You wouldn't think it was you like the think Beach it Boys. Would, it's not the Beach Boys, you know. You wouldn't certainly wouldn't think that, but I think where that first manifested itself was the album um, Pet Sounds, which is notoriously known as one of the greatest albums ever created. Yep. You know, uh, and I would argue very, definitely very because very the, I mean, it's very well known. Some of the sounds on this album were just incredible. Oh yeah, I mean it's it. It was never seen before. Well, no, and when was Pet Sounds? Like 66. 66. And that was when, you have to remember, that was also like a pretty pivotal, it was 66, 67, was when you kind of go the shift into like hard rock. That was kind of the turning point of, for not just rock and roll music, but also for music as a whole and how people, it was shifting and people changed how they viewed music and what they really wanted. Right. And to give you a um, kind of a glimpse into this world that Brian had created with Pet Sounds, here's the tracks Pet Sounds. This is actually just an instrumental track um, from the album. If I can get it to like. So maybe, do you think it would be difficult to like actually edit it on to the. Or do you think that would be get like a copyright? I don't know how to do that. I'd probably okay. get copyrighted. But here it is.
So like with that one, I found it to be a different sound. You could hear a lot of instruments that you wouldn't normally hear. In fact, one of the things that he did on that album was he, he brought in like live animals. And he brought really? in, yeah, he brought in like chickens and he brought in a horse. I knew it was a weird album. I just didn't know he it was really in. weird. I mean, he was doing things that people had never done really? before. I mean, people, so musicians who were playing on that album actually said things like, I never, I've been playing with a lot of people for a long time and I've never, never. heard or, yep. you know, seen the kind of things that Brian is having us do. It's just completely foreign to yeah. you. And at that point, you know? he was the manager. Yeah, he was a manager. So actually, let me give you a little bit of background. Um, so the band, um, so their dad, Murray Wilson, was the producer at the beginning, but him and Brian had a lot of feuds, and they never agreed on anything. And he actually drove them insane. Yep. And I mean, um, he was so overbearing that they that the band had to fire him. Um, not before... His dad, their dad sold him off to Capitol. That's true. That's yeah. true. But Brian, so after that, Brian became the producer of the Beach Boys. Something interesting about Brian that a lot of people you might not know is that he's actually deaf in his right ear, like complete, like ninety-seven percent deaf. He's yeah, yeah. Mostly it's deaf. because his dad hit him. Because he, yeah, because his dad, you know, was really tough on him. Yep. But his dad introduced him to music. And Brian, from that point forward, he knew that he was good at this, and this is what he should he stick with. He wanted to do music. You know, and he felt a desire to, and that was just one of the things that, you know, Brian, this is part of his life, it was tough. It was tough. Know? And, and he, it drove him insane in the long run, you know? It was tough on him. It, he... But he very much masked it. He for, did. For most of his career. Mm-hmm. for And, like, the early... In his early days with... You know, certain off in the Beach Boys, they they very much if you know you can obviously they're a lot more upbeat and just you can't really tell that he was getting hit much better. So yeah. so so Brian was big on experimental music and um, this was ever present on his album Smile. Yep, um, whose sounds came literally straight from Brian's brain and. You know how they were thunk up, I believe. Yep. And um, so his brother Dennis Wilson kind of summed it up by saying, "Quote: Brian Wilson is the Beach Boys. We are his messengers." End quote. I feel like that's definitely true. Towards um, after their first like four or five albums, that's definitely true. Like Brian Wilson, he is the Beach Boys. You know? For sure. And he... so. Yeah, yeah. But when they were on tour in 1964, that's when Brian had his nervous breakdown, and he just had to go. Um, he just gone so hard for so long, and he he wanted to go home and write songs. That's what he really wanted to do, you know. And so while the while the rest of the band toured, that's when he came up with his album Pet Sounds, yep. um, arguably the best album um, ever created, um, and. He was doing things musicians had never done before. No one had ever thought of, as I said. Uh, this is when Brian first got into drugs and stuff. Was, this is where the Beach Boys really had their dilemma, really had their feud. And he did, some, he did some hard stuff and became... He was actually... He became endlessly curious about everything 
And so he decided to like expand his mind on LSD. And apparently he says it unlocked like so much of his creativity. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that was a big thing back then was, I mean, acid was legal, still is, but that was very prevalent. And you can hear it in their music as well. Oh yeah. I mean, so he actually wrote California Girls on his first trip on acid in an hour and a half. Yep. Apparently for like an hour or like half an hour he was just doing the chords. He was just strumming you know, on the piano. Yep. And then he just started to sing. Yep. And he was with his um he hired this amazing lyricist. I he was just so good with words, I forget his name though. He wouldn't really mention too much. But Brian he apparently he was just sitting there, he's doing the chords and then all of a sudden the words just started coming to him. Yep. And he was like I wish they all could be California girls. I can't sing, but yeah, it's kind of how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when he, that's when he began to write his best songs, yep. when he was on LSD. Yeah. So, so I mean, while the bands, when the band got back uh, to California and listened to the tracks that Brian had created on Pet Sounds, that apparently they hated it because it wasn't the surf music, you know? Yep, it wasn't. It was very... It was the departure from what they were yeah, doing. They, they had a big fight over it. They did. I mean, and you know, Brian brought them through the emotional album Pet Sounds, and it made an enormous impact on the music industry. Like these are things that nobody had done before. Things yeah. that like were incomprehensible up until that point. Yeah. And it was, I don't know. For me, listening to everything prior to Pet Sounds, anything. There's there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. It was, and it's like you can peek into his brain. You can see all the things. He was peeling back the curtain on what he suppressed for so long. For sure. Like, what do you like? It's very much like he put his heart and soul into it, and you can hear it. Oh yeah. You can you can definitely hear. I mean, a lot of musicians, especially these days, are they're so into like, oh, there's a formula. You know, there's a formula. Their manager actually thought. Oh, he, he was the same way. He's like, there's a formula to these songs, and you're not going along with it, dude. You're not going to break it. Like, you're no. not doing the formula. Yep. And Brian was like, I don't care about the formula, dude. Screw the formula. I'm yeah. trying to make music that comes from my soul, dude. He's trying to... And his, the manager was like, like you ain't going to do that because it ain't going to work. You know? It's and like you're going to fail out. And... It wasn't too popular with like the general population, but critics were like, dude... Well, yeah, I mean, it's insane. It, um, you know, very emotional pieces weren't in the mainstream at that time. And yeah, it's hard to. It wasn't marketable music. No, no, no. It was it wasn't something you could dance to in a, you know, mm-hmm. dance hall or jam out to on the beach. It was just kind of a. It was more of a you sit down and you listen, listen to, to it. it. Yeah, and that's not what the Beach Boys were. It was no. you yeah. would. Listen to that while you're going down the road with your surfboard in the back. Exactly. And apparently, actually, their music wasn't even popular with surfers. Oh, yeah. No, it yeah, wasn't. No, it it was, and Dennis was the only surfer in the group. That was... You know? And he... Oh, well, yeah. No, I remember seeing like interviews about that, and the surfers were like, yeah, it's not all that good. Yeah. Because I think it was the perceived image that... Yeah. It was the perceived image of the surfer that people bought into. Right. And then surfers were like, nah, this isn't, yeah. really, this isn't really what we're yeah. like. Even though it kind of was. But. For sure. Yeah. Granted, I'm not a surfer, so I can't yeah. really I'm a surfer, you. you know, but... What do you, what do you think of that? What do you think about their music? I love their music. Well, I feel what do you, like what do you think about like, the surfer music that they did? So the surfer music that they did in the early days, 
definitely fit in with the vibe. It was 100%. You know, it was, for me, you know, setting aside my, you know, obviously my bias toward it, my emotional connection to it. Yeah. As a surfer, I would still find it, some, I would still find a lot of their songs to be enjoyable cool. surf music. Yeah. Like, um, in 64, they did a lot of car songs, you yep. know, and in, and in the album Surfer Girl, they had a lot. Those were real, and in Surf and Safari, too, those albums were all, like, surfer albums, yep. you know? Yeah. And Little Deuce Coop was more of an album, um, and so was 4 and I, more of an album of, like, um, kind of, like, fast cars, you yep. know, girls, you know? And, and, and surfers are into that, for sure, you know? It's it's a spring. I don't know. Even even with all that emotional connection too, I still you know not even just my childhood, just kind of my life. You know, even through high school, like I remember you know listening to all that. Um, maybe mainly because it just maybe brought me back to my childhood, I guess. But you know, as a surfer, um, to answer your question, I do dig some of their music, their early music. I yeah. dig their early music. Yeah. But I think after after the album um, All Summer Long mm. and maybe today, that album, I feel like after that, as a surfer, I would kind of be like, nah, yeah, I'd rather go with Dick Dale, you know, or the Apaches, you know, or someone else who are like, just kind of like, they knew what it, who were just kind of like legit surfer music, yeah, which I dig their stuff as well. You know, yeah. Pipeline by the Chanties was like, whoa, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I also know a lot of surfers who don't dig their music at all. Yeah, because it. I mean, I think it was more of an original thing, and I think surfer music is more like beach music more than anything else. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's. Yeah, I have many albums devoted to that on Spotify. <laughs> many playlists devoted to like yeah. beach music and surf music. Yeah, just. Yeah. surfing and chilling out man that's yeah dude that's that's what I love to do cool <laughs> but anyway so back to Brian um what what do you make of his what do you make of like his schizophrenia and how that played into his music right so it actually manifested itself um after you know during during pet sounds for sure that's that's, that's yeah. when it started that's when people were kind of thinking he might have a little bit of an issue he's and, a little, he was, little and he was you know he was undiagnosed paranoid schizophrenic at that time yeah um and his music really told the tale I feel. of his struggles and, and when people started to hear it i mean so there's actually one album he did was was kind of he wanted to do like the different elements of the earth, like fire, water, you know, earth, and like sun or whatever. Mm. And some tracks on that album were just, they were, he actually, Brian described them as terrifying. Like, you shouldn't listen to this because it's, it's scary. It's scary, yeah. You know? And he was like, I can't believe this is in my brain, dude. Yeah, like he was even freaked out by it. Yeah, he was freaked out by his own music, which I mean, which is, it's kind of a lot to It's telling, it's telling of, but I think when, but, yeah. what, you know how it manifests itself he was like so he actually became paranoid that he thought that people were like tracking him and like there were like people yeah. listening to him wherever he was and uh so he actually called his people like friends of his to come over at like four in the morning and meet in his swimming pool really yeah like he called up his um lyricist buddy 
at like four in the morning. I was like, hey, come meet me in my pool. It's safe there. They can't hear us. You know, wow. he said that, you know, that's, that's he's pretty cool. open about it, too. If you look at some interviews from him, he like, was he's pretty. And, and granted, back then, people didn't talk about that sort of stuff. It was no. very like taboo. Well, not taboo, but like hush hush. Like for we sure. Don't talk about. Yeah. His battle. I mean, his battle from with that definitely came from his kind of abuse by his father earlier in life. You know, no, really. I mean, him thinking, oh, he's never good enough. That's where it came from. Like, he's never good enough, you know? That's the way he was taught. That's what he was always brought up to be. Yeah, yeah I mean, and his dad, like, always said it was more of, like, oh, tough love. I'm trying to, like... Get you to be the best. Yeah, I'm trying to make you succeed, you know? And mm-hmm. for him... Really the case. No, and he couldn't... There's actually one point in his life that got so low that was in the... It was in the 80s and early 90s. Um... He was solo by that point, but there's Boy. a movie made about this called Love and Mercy, which I would hands down recommend. It's one of the best movies made, in my opinion, um, if you're a, a music person. But it's about Brian in his, um, kind of the middle of his life, I guess you say, 50, 60, 50s, 40s-ish. So, well, so he, because it was released in 95... No, it was the the movie was released in like 2014, or maybe they did a remake of it. Oh, tw- okay, the yeah. 2014 version. Okay, yeah, so it's really good. What well, did you have you watched that? I've seen clips from it, and it looks like he's about because it goes back. Doesn't it go back between like the 60s and then like the 90s? Yeah, so it's like it does a lot of flashbacks to like his earlier life and yeah. then his life now. See, you kind of get the full picture. It's really interesting, his, you know, his entire of, life. Of his, yeah. You know? And, like, mm. yeah. What did you think of it, bro? Well, I, didn't, I haven't seen it. I just, I, I watched a clip from it. Right. And I've read things about it. And it, from the very little that I saw, it looked like it was a very, a very somber look into who he was as a person. He, it looked very... Can't paint in the dark picture. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like, I wouldn't say like an in-depth, like into his mind, but it looked like, it just kind of, it, it made a very raw representation of who he was as a person. Right on. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, um, like, he, so, so during the movie, it kind of goes, it does go back and forth between his, you know, younger in life when he was making pet sounds, that's a big part of it, to where he is now, and he was actually, um, he was being given so much medication and like so many drugs by his like quote guardian, uh, I think it was Gene, and um, sounds familiar. Apparently, like it was messing him up so bad to where he could not function. And what you know, Gene was trying to do was you know force Brian to make music. Was and trying to Brian like was music. and Brian he didn't he had no control. Didn't you know, he was he was trapped in this um, this world of just kind of misery, you know. And he, he was so drugged up sometimes. You saw him; his face was like hanging out, you know. And he was like, no. <laughs> but it turns out that all those drugs were really what was messing him up. Yeah, I mean, incorrect doses, wrong drugs, you know, just things that would make you you know make you crazy instead of Go. fix the problem. Yeah. And so during this, the course of this, kind of the the resolve, how he got out of it was he met this girl at a car dealership. Uh, he wanted to buy um, he wanted to buy a car and she was there and they went to the floor model of the car 
and he was like, I want this very car. And he basically, when he was in there, um, he was talking about, he first, he said, my brother died. You know, it was the first words out of his mouth. And she was like... Uh, I was talking about Dennis. Yeah. yeah, Dennis, who, um, he actually died surfing. Rest in peace. Um, he died in 83. He did, yeah. There was actually... You know, I always hear about, like, surfers and how they, like, die and stuff. And a lot of it is, you know, being pinned down by waves, hitting the reef. Yep. You know, breaking their just necks breaking and... their necks, you know, hurting themselves bad. Rarely is it ever shark attack, but I think the... I don't know. Whenever I hear that, I always like. It's always a sad. I, yeah, but like I, I like I, I have a feeling of like, I get it. You know, you understand like, like that was probably how they wanted to go. Yeah, out. like like for me, if I if I die surfing, I die happy. That's how it is. Yep. You know, the ocean, mother mother nature is a she's a cruel but wonderful mistress, and when she wants you, she'll take you. Yeah. That's 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 all I gotta say about that. But, um, where was I? Okay. I was like, Brian, oh, he's been oh. controlled, and he was like, He was in the car. And in the car, oh, yeah, he was talking about his, how his brother died, and then he was like, oh, I used to be married, you know? And so this, this lady, Melinda, wanted to help Brian out. You mm-hmm. know, she wanted to see him get better. She's like, this is Brian Wilson. I grew up on his music. Mm-hmm. Like, how can this happen, and you know? Who is this guy sitting in the yeah, car? And, yeah, and so... The reason why Brian was in the car and locked the doors, you know, was because he didn't want Dean, or Gene, I think it was Gene, to know. Gene, yeah. Uh, and so later, she's he's like, oh, do you want to go on a date? And she was like, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know? It's Brian Wilson, it's yeah. freaking Brian Wilson, dude. And I, I was like, yeah. And, yeah. and so they go out. Um, but they're always under the supervi- the, the supervision of Dean, I mean, of Gene or Gene's son. Okay. And it's really, really weird because the first time they're out, um, it's Gene's son and his wife or whoever, and then Brian and Melinda. And, like, Brian's opening up about his dad being abusive and whatever, and him being deaf, you know, in his ear. and yeah. And then, you know, so throughout, anyway, throughout the course of this movie, basically, Melinda is trying to save Brian from Gene, who is technically his legal guardian, but she has a long battle. She's like fighting. She's like, dude, this ain't right, you know? So she goes out and like talks to people and eventually she figures out that, um, you know, this isn't like legal or whatever. And then she, she takes... She kind of like frees Brian, you know. Yeah. And actually, she marries Brian Gene at the does? end of it. Yeah, uh, no, um, no, not Gene. <laughs> oh, uh, Melinda. Yeah, Melinda yeah. marries Brian in '95. Yep. And they've been together ever since. And since ever since, um, Brian's been married to her. That's like it gave Brian. Actually, I have it written down. It's, it's actually really interesting. Um, so when he got married, he finally had what he called emotional security you know and he was and from that he was able to get back on his feet musically <laughs> which is pretty interesting yeah because he was married he was married in 63 to yep. someone who was Marilyn uh, Rutherford oh yeah, yeah Marilyn Rutherford and then Melinda Ledbetter yeah in 95 so 
Yeah. He... Yeah. He's because he wasn't he wasn't really there. Um, he wasn't yeah. during the the first phase because. He, like, I mean, I remember in the, one of the scenes of the movie, the movie really explained his life well. Um, but, I mean, of course, Brian could probably attest to that better than I could. But, like, yeah. you could see when he was younger and he was married to her, um, he wasn't there. His mind was kind of, like, going off, it's you know? He was going crazy. Yeah. You know? She got sick of it and left. I mean, yeah. I would too, dude. Yeah. What would you like? How would you feel if you were like one of like Brian Wilson's like closest buds? Like, how do you uh, think you would see him? Well, I think I'd be worried because you know getting calls at four o'clock in the morning to meet in the swimming pools is problematic. <laughs> I mean, but you know, and he just—it it seems very much like he just had a rough time of things. I mean, I, I would, you know. I don't know. Like, I, Do I genuinely you, don't know. Like, right. Because... Because, I mean, I, I know, like, he would... Um, so, he always found... So, between him and the Beatles, which this is something that you kind of were wanting to talk about at some point. And this yeah. is kind of a good place to talk about it. What was his, like... So, the Beach Boys and the Beatles had, like, a big kind of competition. So, that was between Brian Wilson and the Beatles. Right. Not the but, Beach Boys and the Beatles, but Brian Wilson. Brian right? Wilson and the Beatles and... Do expand so, on everything you know. It's it, it, people often compare the two, and you know, people throw in like the Rolling Stones, and that was kind of like not like the triple entendre because there's obviously other bands, but between like the Beatles and the Beach Boys, that you know, in interviews with Paul McCartney and. Not really John Lennon, because I don't... He didn't really pay attention to that stuff. It was more... Right. It's Macca that really got into it. Beatles didn't care. They didn't care about Brian Wilson. They didn't care about the Beach Boys. They didn't really see them as rivals. They didn't... Yeah, like, really? they just... Yeah, like, they didn't... You know, and they said the same thing about the Rolling Stones, and they just weren't really like that. They didn't right. really have a... They didn't have, like, the will or the drive to, like... To really care about it. To really care about, like, this competition. Because right. it was... Different music, because... Yeah. Brian well, Wilson, I mean, it was still pop. It was pop music, but the Beatles was a lot more... At that point... Well, I mean, when they first started out, it was love songs and all about, you know... Yeah, yeah. And... You know, and then when you get in, like, the late 60s, it was very much like they kind of departed from each other. Right. If you really think about it, because the Beatles in 66 and 67 did the Sgt. Pepper's album, and they did um, Magical Mystery Tour, and at that point, they're, um, funny enough, and if you know this story, I commend you, is, you know, their dentist had given them LSD, and they were tripping acid daily, and that's you know, where Sergeant Pepper came from and Brian Wilson obviously did acid, but he wasn't as into it as they were. Right. Because you can see in their albums the look, the kind of the feel. I mean, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and for those of you who argue it's about a girl going up into heaven, you can know it's about LSD and it's literally Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds spells out LSD. Oh, it does. 
Yeah. And I he, just got that, dude. <laughs> and that's the thing. Okay, and I could do a whole thing about that. About oh, that dude, album. go on. I mean, granted, this is about Brian Wilson, but I'm going to say this really quick. No, you can't expand, dude. We got time. Yeah. Go for it. Explain, but, dude, dude. This is, but, the, this is the, the arch nemesis of Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson was always, he found it yeah. himself. He thought it was a competition between him and the Beatles. Beatles. And he was brought up by his dad as a very competitive competitive for, guy because yeah. just because of how he was raised. Yeah. But this is his main competition. He was always in competition with the Beatles. Andy, go for it, dude. Spill it. So, it just, yeah, I mean, Paul McCartney just didn't really see it that way. He, mm-hmm. they were off just really doing their own thing. And Brian, good guy, he just played way too into it. Right. He, his motivations, it felt like sometimes, not all the time, was to really get above them right. and not really do his own thing. Right. Because with the Beatles, they were just... Chilling. Smoking weed and writing music, they didn't care. Yeah. Brian Wilson was like, "All right, what are these? What are they doing? What are they doing? I yeah. gotta pay attention to every album that comes out, every single that comes out. I gotta somehow be better than this." And you know, and it it felt like he was trying to beat them in two different games. Mm-hmm. The Beatles were in one game, and he was in another, right. and he just felt like he was trying. To... Yeah, he was trying way too. What were you saying with Lucy and Sky with Diamonds? What were you saying? So okay, so with that, and this doesn't really have anything to do with Brian Wilson. But there's a big argument about, you know, Lennon in 1971. It was actually in the movie Forrest Gump, which is, you'll remember this. Oh, when yeah. He went into the, when he went on the Dick Chavitt show. Dick Chavitt, is, was that what it was called? Either way, man, I don't really know. He, <laughs> you know, he went on a talk show and he did the interview... And, of course, the question came up, what does Loosing the Sky with Diamonds mean? And, you know, he got fed up. And he goes, it doesn't mean LSD. It means, you know, my son, he brought me a drawing. And he just said, Dad, this is Loosing the Sky with Diamonds. And that was it. But it's a load of bullshit. Because they were popping acid at that time. It's way too convenient, the fact that it spells, it's an acronym. Yeah. And just the imagery of marshmallow skies and... Um, it's a drug song oh no it is and it's you know in the just if you listen to it you you know in kaleidoscope eyes what like, do you think that what, means what do you think that means? I wonder yeah like I don't think your son drew that as a little kid maybe he was tripping acid nah <laughs> nah I don't think I don't think London was that crazy but yeah it's just and I yeah, I just and and granted, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. It's just Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is about LSD, and that will never ever change for me. Like it is about trippy NASA. Right. I believe you. I, I think I think you know, given the time and given what was going on during that time, and yeah. How you know they were at that point? I feel like that's a hundred. I mean, popping tabs, dude, like no freaking. Just the, I mean, even if you just read the lyrics, like it's read very it's clear, too. dude. That's a drug song yeah. right there. And if you look how they dress, they're like, mm-hmm. it's like this colorful, you know, hippies, brah. Literally, yeah, yeah, dude. And that's why some people liked this because they were chilling out. Would you have rolled with the Beatles back then? It depends on what era of the Beatles, because like the early '60s was, and granted, I love their early music. Like, she loves you, and I want to hold your hand, and. Oh my god, I almost broke out the song and dance there. But, <laughs> um, but I, I love like the early stuff. 
But when you get into like 67 and 68, that was like when they really kind of started to go off the walls and like, you know, they were pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, I think I would have probably been good friends with them. That's cool. It's, uh, yeah, that's actually interesting to think about. What about you, like with the Beach Boys? Do you think... I feel like I would... Do you think you could hang out with them, like, in that... Um, I could definitely hang out with Dennis. I could chill with Dennis, because he's a surfer. Yeah. You know? At Brian... He just... He's, a, he's an amazing, you know, musician. A really just fantastical dude. But just... I just don't... I think he's a little bit too crazy for my liking. He, w- he was a little you know? too crazy, yeah. But I would have loved to... Um, been there on their good days when they were recording not yeah. on their bad days not no, because they were arguing because, yeah i mean cause brian was he was he, he did a lot of crazy things you know and he would stay there for hours and hours really like he would you know spend so much money to make everything sound yeah. exactly like it did in his head yep and although i mean i admire that about him but at some point i mean for me it's good enough you know? Yeah. But for him, it was like, it's got to be exactly what I'm hearing. And I'm like, dude, I totally respect that. Yeah. You know? But um, I, I don't know if I could... I could definitely roll with... Dennis. The majority of the band. Yeah. You know, Dennis and, you know, Carl, who's their other brother, who I forgot to mention earlier. Because they had, like, a f- they switched out a few different members, right? They did. They did. Over time, of course. They, like, they switched out, yeah. But, I, I mean, that said, I love their music. You know, there's not yeah, a day I mean, that goes by that I don't listen to at least one of their songs. Yeah. And it's just, like, that's me, dude. You know? Like, I just feel like that's that's me. Yeah. The Beach Boys is me. It, yeah. Yeah. I right feel on, like I could have, I could have, for the most part, I could have rolled with you them. You could have rolled with them, yeah. I feel like on tour, dude. Like, for the most part, yeah. Be, Except for when Brian was having, like, his craziness, I feel like I could roll with him. Oh, breaking yeah. down, yeah. But I, I, to answer your question, like... You could hang with them. I you could hang, hang, I could hang with them, you, could you know, them. when they're not having their crazy times. Yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean... As far as the Beatles go, like... They, they I feel were, like I would... I. The early days... It would be, it would be fun to roll with them in their later days. Later, yeah. They, yeah. It would be hilarious. It'd be like, shut up, dude, I was sinking, dude. I would just like do more drugs. You know, I think it'd be great. Mm. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Dude, with diamonds. We'd probably all look at each other and be like, <laughs> Whoa! Oh, <laughs> these Americans? I can't do it, a, a British accent to save my life. I, I used to, but then I did an Australian accent, and I can't shake that one, mate. There's no I, mate. I'm Steve <laughs> Allen. Can't do it. Crikey! The most dangerous creature in all of Australia. One strike, whip, and you're dead. I'm gonna pick him up. You got that from Gabriel Iglesias, <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. I know where you got that from. I mean, his, dude, his stuff is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, when he did that, when he did the impressionist to Verne, I'm like, I could do that. Yeah, because Irwin was dead at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, it was unfortunate. Yeah. Steve Irwin. Oh god, I could go on forever about him and my hero. Yeah. Steve Irwin is my hero. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he is. And he like legit, oh, dude. Okay, I'm a I'm a huge environmentalist, dude. Like I love the planet, dude. I'm going to school for marine science. You know, I my plan in life 
is to educate people about the importance of wildlife conservation because if you can educate a bunch of people about like what I want to do with my life I guess is I want to go out I want to do the research I want to gather the information and then I want to come back and I want to present it to people I want to show people and then I want to convince them what they need to do in order to preserve the environment and in order to you know have a sustainable world and you know, just for us to coexist with what we have and to protect what we've gotten to, you know, because there are only about two or three pristine coral reefs in the entire world out of the millions of reefs yeah. that are out there. You know, there are only two or three that are untouched. And even those are going to go away. Eventually. And, you know, what Steve Irwin did was so influential and so great for the world. Mm-hmm. I, you know, ever since I saw him on TV as a little kid, that's exactly what I've so wanted to do. you idolized, that's who you I idolized him. You know, that's... that's you know, if I could choose how to live my life, that is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, my main passions are like coral conservation and shark conservation. Those are my two big ones, as well as the fisheries and stuff. But it's just so essential to me because the ocean is a huge part of who I am and a huge part of my life. Yeah. And to see, just to see them in the state that they are today, knowing what the cause is, and knowing that we can do things to, you know, to reverse that and to help it and, you know, repropagate these coral reefs and, you know, stop the slander on sharks, dude. Like, yeah. there's just so much that we need to do, you know. All right, that's the end of my rant. <laughs> but, okay, I, we're, we're planning an episode where I just go off on an environmental yeah. rant, dude. I'm just going to sit back and say, yeah, interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just, I, oh. it's my... It, honestly, y'all, it is my calling in life. Yeah. It is my calling in life. And, you know, just to educate people about wildlife conservation, about our ecosystems, about our world, so that we can better, you know, live in it and so that we can all coexist better and we can all, you know, have more sustainable Certainly. resources and just, I mean, the, the list really does go on, you know, re, you know repopulating the rainforest. And, yeah. I, I can on. But, we ain't gonna do that today. Alright. So cool man. And yeah. That we're gonna say that for another episode when we have a little bit of a bigger audience, dude. Yeah. So I can you know make an impact, but like yeah. that's all I'm saying, dude. Right on, man. Yeah, man. Right on. See what's your time on, dude. Got a while to go. <laughs> well, every episode doesn't need to be That's true, it doesn't need but I like it to be like solid seventy five minutes. You know, huh. yeah. So, I have to ask you about our last episode that we did. <laughs> Are you any more convinced that Big Boy is real? Hell no. You're lying, some little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you have not listened to the previous pod, check it out right check now out, because yeah. that is that is the most high octane off like, the that chain. Was the most intense. Yeah. It was hilarious, dude. It was. It's. It's really funny. Y'all yeah. should check it out because. Yeah. And, and I'll preface that by saying that it wasn't like an, an actual argument. Most of it was just kind of like... It was hilarious. We, just, we were just yelling at each other for, over Bigfoot. Like, <laughs> it was so funny. I'm pretty uh, sure Eric called me stupid a couple times. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, whatever. it's... Yeah. yeah, of course we didn't mean it. But I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, like you should go listen to it. It's, it's a funny, lot of fun. Funny it's like... Yeah. It's like if Alex Jones was into Bigfoot. Pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much right. That's, that's what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were doing. But It's yeah. awesome. Um, Anything else on Brian Wilson? So, 
It's not really about Brian Wilson. It's more about Dennis Wilson, but I don't really Go know. Go for it, it's... man. It's the Beach Boys. It's all the same. So I did a little. So I was just started this show or started rewatching this show called Aquarius on Netflix. Really, really good. Highly recommended. And it's about the late '60s and how it's about this like police officer and you know the kind of inter mingled lives of this you know world war ii veteran that becomes a police detective in la and charles manson who if you don't know who that is was a cult leader in the la san fernando valley area right and carried out the tate mccombers and we could do a whole episode on that and that's dude that'll be interesting it's it's crazy i mean charles manson as a whole is just wacko dude. whack i mean total wacko but knew how to get it down so the reason nice. I bring that up is it kind of introduced me to the fact that Dennis Wilson, in 1968, for the summer of 68, actually lived with Charles Manson. No way. Yeah. And what? So Dennis Wilson kind of played into the whole reason Manson went like off the walls and killed. No. So that's crazy, dude. And I and we can probably go more in depth with this with another episode. But, yeah, like, Dennis thought this little hippie dude that, you know, he had good music. And then, you know, he kind of found out what he was doing and, he like, his past and the fact that he went to prison. And then he kind of just pulls the plug on him. And Manson's like, no, you're not going to do that. Like, you're going to make my music or else. And so he kind of just cuts Manson off. And... Then goes after the producer of the Beach Boys. Who is that at that point, Murray? Or was it... No, Brian? no, this was, was 68. It, oh, so it was Brian at that point. It wasn't Brian. No, it was the... Oh, the dude the, who looked like... Um, it was the producer. It was. Oh, the, he looked like... Uh, I know who he looked. It was like... Um, if Ireland had a had a person. If, if Ireland, if Ireland had, was a person, this guy looked like it. It looked like it, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but like Manson went after the manager and the house that Sharon Tate was living in at the time... That was his old house. No. And, yeah, so essentially Manson was there to kill the manager, or the the producer, and instead he got uh, Tate and LaVonka and everyone else in the house. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that the Beach Boys, or Dennis, (laughs) kind of played into that, and the fact that he, like... Dude, that's crazy. He caused them to... He sent Charles Manson off the walls and... Just because it went Word, dude. Yeah. Word. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's crazy. It's, and, again, we could do a whole episode about that. And that's that's one of those things, like, the research is pretty whack. Yeah, dude. Because it's like... I'd be down, dude. Yeah, I that's mean, that would be... Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome, dude. So... Wow. But... You have anything else? All I gotta say about Brian, dude, I would totally hang with him now. <laughs> <laughs> after after he got married to Melinda, he kind of mellowed out. Oh yeah, dude. He he became who he was meant to be. He did a lot of solo work. Yeah. You know, he's still doing solo work and he's got some really good albums. He's you know, his solo good. albums are really good. I I'd recommend him. I just think he's such a genius and musically and lyrically and just how things sounded was just so unique and he played a huge part in my life mm-hmm. and him and the Beach Boys and I he's just you know 
He's stoke-worthy, dude. He's a legend. He's a god in my book, you know? Really a great guy. Yeah, he does. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that's about all I have to say about Brian. No. Let us dive into our media yeah, of the, the week. week. Um, is... This week we're doing, our media is the album Surf's Up by the Beach Boys. By the Beach Boys. And so this was released in 71. And in my mind, it's great because it kind of marks the end of an era for them where musically um, they were changing. And at the time after Pet Sounds was released and after, you know, the creative wells of surf music that they had been tapping into for 10 years, um, they were finally drying up. And, you know, times were changing for the Beach Boys. And instead of... It's a very somber. It really, it's like they're, um, instead of, so the, it, the whole sound of the album is kind of like this. It goes like, instead of fighting it, the tone of the album was more of that they were content riding the sinking ship to the bottom of the ocean. Yep. You know? It's. And the album cover is pretty interesting. Well, because it's a. The album, the album cover is, when I looked at it, is crazy. It's a, crazy. So it, the cover art is a, it's a painting um, on the sculpture End of the Trail by James Earl Frazier. Um, and this lone figure, it's not an Indian brave, it's, it's, a cow, it's um, not a cowboy either. But whoever it is, it's, it's just kind of a, a thing, dude. It's like a creature. Well, he looks to be some sort of devil. Is what I've seen. Like looking at it, he's atop a horse. He has a sp- what looks to be some sort of spear. It's a very dark. Just it's it's a it's a recognized symbol of the American West, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting forgetting what it actually is, but. It's called the end of the trail. Yeah, it's the end of the trail. So it, it certainly, you know, symbolizes the yeah. last great effort by immensely talented, you know, person Stop. struggling to deliver the last testament to the greatness. Yeah. It's kinda like it was, that. It was the last hurrah for the Beach Boys and Yeah. It's sad because I mean It's like the end of an era. It I mean it was. because the sixties were their heyday. It yeah. was the sixties was the heyday of a lot of bands that era and unfortunately a lot of them didn't really get out of it no a lot of bands died back then because of they just just couldn't change they just they couldn't change with the times and you know what developed in like the 70s was you know played into the kind of new sound i guess yeah you know people just people just changed i guess and yeah it's 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 a it's an it's a really good album to listen to. It is. It's but it, it's a it's a sad it's a sad album. Yeah. Honestly, I'll mean, play. Um, I can bring up the the song "Surfs Up" that's on the album. Yep. And it kind of it kind of really. I'll play a bit of it so y'all can you know kind of get the message, but it's it's really interesting. Here goes. Back to the office. 
So like y'all can hear, it's very somber. It's just it's sad. Yeah, it's a very Pretty mellow. Not, well, not mellow. It's very. Yeah. I was trying to get to the chorus. Oh, but it didn't. It's it's like more than halfway through the song. Dude. Yeah, I don't no, know where it is. It's I think. If you want to listen to it, yeah, check it out. I listened to almost two minutes of it. I was trying to find the chorus. <laughs> That's yeah, my bad, I just, y'all. I, I just I don't want to get like copyright. Oh no. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I mean, nobody knows. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It stops us from making money. Yeah, that's yeah. whatever. It's whatever. But yeah, I mean, as you can hear, that's kind of the tone of the entire album. Uh, really somber, dude. It is. Yeah. It's incredibly sad. But also, I feel like they handled it well. They did. I mean, they did. They they didn't they didn't try to delay the inevitable. I think they no. knew they embraced it. They embraced. I mean, they knew what was it was going to happen in one form or fashion. Right. And they just kind of went out with a yeah went out with a bang, very sad bang, but hey, a bang, bang nonetheless. Exactly. All right. Well. Let's get into our quote of the week. The quote of the week uh, this week is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I believe that to be true 100%. I believe as I've probably been heard talking about is I believe mindset is everything when it comes to day-to-day life and it's all about what you make of it and you know whether it's positive or negative you're gonna be right about that like if you think you know keeping simple almond fail this test then you're gonna fail the test if you have the mindset of that going in Mm -hmm. although i had the mindset of i'm gonna succeed while taking the sat and i failed that pretty hard well I hate this. Still, you, know, you still you tried. You yeah. Tried. Here's the thing you about the, here's the thing about the SAT. I don't, I don't know the SAT that. is the most controversial subject that you can actually bring up because you won't even tell me story. Like a lot of people won't even tell you their score. Oh, because they're you know, and then the people and then the people who do good on it are like, I don't know why. But it's, it's like kind of it's so dude. It's yeah. the biggest load of freaking BS I can think of. You know, because yeah. that test score did not accurately represent me. You know, my academic abilities or whatever. You can say the same thing about, like, SOLs. I hate SOLs. Dude, it holds everybody dude. else to the same standard, and it's like, nah. Nah, dude. Like, why, why standardized test, dude? Exactly. It's, they should it's abolish it. Abolish SOLs. Abolish SOLs. We should... And SATs. We only need those. Exactly. I mean, we don't need, we don't need all the, you know... Standardized testing. It's free. Make a movement, man. This yeah, is dude. this is gonna be the decade of movement. This is gonna be the new sixties, man. This is, <laughs> this is literally. 60s. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Late twenty tens, early twenties, man. We're gonna we're gonna make some change. We're gonna bring oh, about change. Granted, it's really selfish, but you know whatever. <laughs> it's for me. It's for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do it, but okay. you know, it's for future generations, man. Yeah, for sure. Radicalize dude. it, man. Oh god! I really yeah. hope we don't get canceled for this. No, dude. First, try to start a movement about anyway. SAT tests. scores and like standardized tests—it's—it's it's kind of bullshit. 
but you know it is it is so back to the quote so back to the quote um, <laughs> get off our soapbox yeah. for a minute this um, uh so, so the quote whether you think you can or think you can't you're right absolutely here's the thing all right i've had plenty of times in my life where i've been you know tasked with this daunting assignment whatever it might be you know whether it's dude i gotta do this whole project all by myself yeah. Or like, are you serious? Is are these the steps you know to getting to this level of wherever I want to be at? Yeah. I'm like, well, so be it. You know, I have a goal I want to reach, and I'm gonna get to that goal yeah. no matter what it takes, no matter who tells me anything. I don't care what people say. This is my life. I'm gonna live it the way I want to live, live it. it. Yeah. There's no one else who can tell me otherwise. Because I tell you what, like, you are in control. Exactly. And you are the person who can tell you whether you, were, you can or whether you can't. Yeah, and if you have a positive mindset, you're going to succeed no matter what. 100%, dude. If you see the positives and... Yeah. If you work day-to-day. hard enough, you can get anything you want. Yeah. That's it true. In fashion, yeah. Yeah, that is true. But yeah. Well, well said, man. Well, well thank said. you, man. That's... It's just my... I'm, I, but yeah, but I mean, I think... It's my kinda, window on the world. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that if you're open-minded enough to really accept anything that comes to you you'll be happy absolutely be fun it's and granted but again if you have a goal if you have a goal i'm I'm the kind of person i have a goal i have a mission you know and i need to complete that i'm not content you know i'm really not content having it any other way than the way i want it to be well okay that's not completely true that sounded wrong but more of like you have a vision. I'm, I have a vision. You have a very specific vision. Yeah, and I will find a way to make that happen. Yep. Any way I can. Yeah. And you know what? Because I have a goal, because I have a vision, and because I do the hard work that's required for that, I give myself the opportunities to do the things that I want to do yep. and to have it. It's all. It all comes down to you, really. Yep. You know, you could. You're you're in control, dude. That's all I gotta say. You know, you can, and you will if you want to. Bango. Bingo, bango, my dude. I went down on that. Hardcore, man. Yeah, but good stuff, man. Good Good stuff, stuff. dude. All right, let's get into our dude in our moment. Andy, who's your dude of the week? My dude of the week. Don't hold back. Probably my dude of the week. I'm gonna have to say who is my dude of the week? Because there's so many, but only there can be one. While he's thinking of that, I would like to again advertise the wonderfulness that is sweet tea. It's the most glorious drink on God's green earth. Not a sponsor, just a fan. But if you want to sponsor us, we'll take your money. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. take anything, really. Mm. Uh, who's your dude? But my dude... Probably... Probably my boss. Nice. And I'm going to keep this really short and simple, even though I doubt he actually listens to this. Um, his... His patience and... His willingness to see me do better in life than where I'm at 
is extremely admirable. That's awesome, man. He, and, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like a suck-up. I'm not, you know, I'm just, I have a really ad, big admiration for him. And nice. the way he, the potential that he sees in people and the chances that he gives people is amazing. That's and it's awesome. something that, you know, unfortunately people can take advantage advantage of sometimes, but... You know, it's it's important to have that when you're leading a store and for sure to inspire people and whatnot. yeah, dude, hundred percent. So solid. If you're listening, dude. man. Thank you so much for giving me upteenth chances to prove yeah. myself. Yeah, that's so, awesome, dude. What about you? What's your moment of the week? My dude of the week is the song "California Sun" by the Rivieras. <laughs> 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 Alright. Seriously though, it just gets me so stoked and so freaking pumped yeah. every time it comes on. Cause I'm like, I hear I hear it, you know, going out west where I belong. I think I'm a cowboy on a horse, dude, and I'm just like ready to freaking I'm riding out there, dude. I am slaying, dude. Yeah. And like it just gets me so stoked. You know, the beat, the lyrics, the pace, dude. Dude, it just gets the stoke flowing through my veins, yeah. dude. Oh, I can't, like... I'm just... Mm-hmm, you betcha. Oh, it's a pump, man. Dude, I love that song. So, yeah, California Sun by the Rivieras. Go figure. Cool, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Andy, who's your... Or what is your moment of the week? My moment of the week... I'm going to see if I can get through this without laughing. <laughs> so, before I say this, I want to say, and I, I think I do this a lot, is I have nothing against how people live their life. Whether it's similar to mine or completely opposite. It's, you know, I don't have any hate in my heart. But, but I do have a lot of, how do I say this? I like to make fun of people. And in a light-hearted way, I'm not trying to be, like, malicious. So, my moment of the week would have to be witnessing a redneck picnic. <laughs> and if you're... Eric, if you're so inclined to know what that is, it is... I need to know. I saw these very country-wise-esque individuals bring out McDonald's <laughs> with a couple liquor bottles. They drop down the back of their truck and they just blasted music and hung out on their pickup truck and... Drank and ate in the parking lot of the ABC store. <laughs> that is fantastic. Or no, actually it wasn't the ABC store, it was the nail salon. <laughs> which makes even it even better. better. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, again, I don't have anything against people that are like that. If you want to... I love seeing it, dude. It makes me, it just brings joy to my heart. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I... Like, I, I don't I don't hate anybody, I just like to confront people. <laughs> 
So if you're a redneck listening to this, please, please don't put like a brick through my window. I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think you've dug yourself a deep enough hole. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> we'll see when this goes up. But yeah. Anyway, what's your moment of the week, Garrett? Let me see. My moment of the week would probably be my English teacher telling me that he was stoked to have me. Did he actually say stoked? He said stoked. And I mean, I've heard him say like a lot of different stuff, but I've never heard him say that. He said that he was stoked. I went, and he was like. You know, another thing about him is that he loves black coffee, and he promotes black coffee, and I drink black coffee. I don't have to put anything in it. And he's like, he's like, Eric, since you drink black coffee, you're going to have an interesting life. And I'm like, I would hope so. You know? I'd rather have an interesting life than an adult life any day. And the fact that he's just like, he says, stoked, dude. And he's like, he's like an old surfer. I love it. Oh, yeah, no, I dig he's, it, um, I dig it. won't say his name, but he, yeah, he's definitely one of the, um... Super cool, dude. He's a cool guy, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm stoked on him. He's really gnarly guy. Yeah. So that is my moment of the week, for sure. Him just yeah, saying, like, I'm stoked, I'm stoked to have you. And yeah, I was like, yeah. thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, dude. But right on, man. Yeah, it's gnarly. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, Well, dude. this has been the Musings of Men. I'm Andrew. And I'm Eric. Before we go, I want to let y'all know that, um, you know, thank you for listening, obviously. And email us if you have any questions at all lowercase, themusingsofmen at gmail.com. We want to hear your questions about life. We want to have a time in this pod where we can go through some of your questions and answer them. You know, it, maybe it's about life. Maybe you're having a struggle. Maybe you're feeling down. Maybe you're feeling good, dude. Just letting us know some things. You know, we, we'd love to help you out if we can. Give you our advice, dude. We'd be stoked. Also, you know, follow us on Instagram at the Musings of Men. Um, Everything's the Musings of Men. Yep, all our case, dude, because, you know, nobody's taken that name. Thank God. But Hopefully. Hopefully yeah. not. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, for all of our listeners and for everyone that has supported us through this, thank you. I mean, yeah, for sure. It means a lot more than we could probably show. Yeah. And we shall continue this till the end of time. Exactly. Yeah. We're stoked every every day, dude. It'll be bigger than Joe Rogan someday. How? Hopefully. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, stay stoked, everyone. Be good. All right. Later, dudes.